0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and what you just heard was the sound of my umbrella opening itself. It's a green umbrella that was gifted to us by the company uh, that provides us with the candles in the church, and the hosts, and the mass wine. And so they've got this uh, <laughs> promotional umbrella, which I'm glad to have. It's the only one that I could find. Um, I think the other one's broke because it's raining. It's really nasty weather. We've had rain for two days now and there's no end to the rain in sight. And uh, I'm recording this on a Saturday morning. Yesterday, I went to Amsterdam to film a couple of interviews and it was just the worst weather ever. And I, I don't know if you've ever been in Amsterdam or if you've seen uh, footage from what the streets look like. It's all super tiny. Um, there are lots of bridges, one-way streets, and tons of tourists and uh, people on bicycles, lots of traffic. And then imagine that, that busy city um, under horrible weather circumstances where it was pouring down from heaven. And I'm in this car with my cameraman and we have to somehow get to this house in the middle of the old city of Amsterdam um, <laughs> trying, trying to find a parking space, um, having to unload, uh, lamps and cameras, uh, or lights, uh, <laughs> tripods and everything. Well, it turned out all right. Um, but man, was it exhausting. <laughs> it was really terrible. And so today it's another day of rain and it's also going to be a busy day in a way even busier or a longer day than yesterday uh, it was yesterday it was only in the afternoon. Today I'll be away for most of the day because my mom is celebrating her birthday. She's, this is not really her birthday, it was a bit earlier, but because of all sorts of circumstances she had to postpone it. And now she's celebrating this in conjunction with a bit of a family reunion. Um, she has a lot of Chinese family and family um, that lives abroad and uh, uh, it just happens to be that a number of those people are in the country right now or are visiting uh, the Netherlands. And so she combines it, combines her birthday with getting as much family together as possible. And uh, of course, we are all going there, but it starts a little bit later in the day. And I have to pick up my nephew and niece, uh, so two kids of my sister's. To uh, to bring them to see their grandmother. And the reason for that I will explain later. But it's... Uh, I have to pick them up in a few hours from now. And then we'll drive to the south of the country. And then I'll be home uh, later in the evening. Uh, and then tomorrow <laughs> it's going to be busy as well. Um, because I will be uh, going back to my parents. Who live in the south because... They live not far from uh, a smaller airport from which I'm going to take the plane on Monday morning, really early, to fly to Rome. And this is because of the uh, long-planned SQPN uh, pilgrimage that we announced, I think, uh, about a year ago. But it's in it's been in the making for many years. So this is something um, that uh, Mountain Batorek, who lives in Rome and organizes pilgrimages, um, has proposed Many, perhaps, as long as I know him, he talked about this. He was like, "Why don't you invite your audience to come over to Rome and have a pilgrimage, and you'll be there as well? So it will be a community event, but also an occasion for many people to discover the city where you have studied and where you've lived through um, quite unique experiences. And so you can show them where you recorded your first podcast, etc. So." Uh, that's why it finally materialized and of course you, you know if you've been following me for a while that my life is not really a quiet life with loads of time for um impromptu uh events and and experiences so for a long time I I kind of resisted the idea because I couldn't find the 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 time or the space in my in my uh, s- schedule to uh to make it happen. But it now finally happens. The occasion was of course that uh, earlier this year I celebrated the 1000th uh, episode of my podcast and that all started in Rome and then I uh, announced that we were going to have this pilgrimage. So I don't actually really have a list of people that are going to come. I know of a few people uh, that they will be joining us but um, the entire list is going to be a bit of a surprise. It's uh Uh, what I know is that they're all part of the SQPN community and so that's going to be fun and I know that we'll be staying in Rome for about a bit more than a week so it begins on Monday ends on Monday Um, but the Monday is still part of the pilgrimage and then I'll stay a few days more until Thursday morning Um, and that has to do with something that I'm not looking forward to uh, when I go to Rome and that is that I have to combine it somehow and I, still, I don't know exactly how with filming a few episodes of my, uh, of my TV show more specifically the, the episodes that I always record in Rome and I wanted to record those much earlier I had planned to go to Rome in the, towards the end of the summer and then uh, it would just take a week or so which is ample time if you... Those are not very complicated episodes. But, you may have heard that (laughs) our climate is a bit more unpredictable than it used to be. And so Rome has been really uh, suffering under massive heat waves. Um, And it got... I mean, it's always bad in the summertime in Rome. Uh, It can easily get... Uh, in the 90s, Fahrenheit, uh, like 30, 33, 35 degrees. But now the temperatures went all the way up to 40 and beyond that. There was drought and everything. Those are horrible circumstances to work under if you have to lug around cameras and tripods and um, arrange for interviews. Actually, most people fled the city, um, so there wouldn't be much to film anyway the 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 problem is of me skipping that idea of uh, uh, producing the episodes a bit earlier, is that I'm now approaching a deadline for the first Rome episode, which will have to be um, delivered the Monday morning after I, after the week I get back. So I basically have two or three days to edit that whole show together. And then I have to still figure out how I'm going to film that in Rome. And that is... Causing a lot of pressure, I have to say. I didn't sleep that well uh, for the last few days because I'm just thinking about how am I going to do this? How am I going to pull this off? I know that ultimately there's always more time than you think, and there will be. I mean, I'm I'm quite seasoned now as a (laughs) filmer vlogger, um, but it's still it's extra pressure that I could have done without. By the way, I'm crossing this road. Underneath the bridge here I'm walking towards the park, but uh, Because of the wet roads the traffic makes a lot more noise than usual. I Think the rain has stopped. Can I lower my umbrella? Uh, it's still drizzling a little bit. I saw this kid on a bicycle without an umbrella so uh, it's it's just extra pressure and uh, I've discovered very important things uh, over the past few months about how I function at my best and what are the things that are uh, hampering my well-being. And uh, again, if if you've listened to this show for somewhat longer, then you know that one of the most crippling uh, things that can happen to me is is, uh, an amalgamation of stress. And too much pressure coming from the outside is never a good thing. Sometimes, if it's from, if, if it, this is about things that I've organized myself and I want to do myself, then it, it can be adrenaline. And it can be very good to have this extra energy to realize things that I want. But sometimes you made commitments months and months before, and in this case, uh, almost a year beforehand. Um, and then there are some circumstances that you cannot control, like the weather. And all of a sudden, two separate things that are normally quite fun have to be somehow <laughs> combined, and it creates uh, just a lot of, of pressure. Um, and especially the the deadline is not helping. It's not. It's not something I enjoy. Which brings me to another. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it will be fine, by the way, and don't worry. Um, it'll be a, a nice journey. I hope to be able to share uh, the trip to, to Rome and Assisi. We're also going to visit um, the, uh, uh, the, the place where St. Francis started his new life and, and revolutionized the church. There's no other way to put it. I hope to be able to share some of those experiences with you, either in podcast form or in vlog um, and certainly through social media, so keep an eye on on uh, our Tridio pages if you want to uh, experience it with us. But uh, one so the one of the things that I realized over the past few months is that I, I still have some remnants of the old me, and when I say the old me. I mean, the, the Father Roderick of before the Camino, which really the more uh, this is in the past, the more I start to discover the gems of 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 what it did to me and the the life-changing experience it was. Because the more you step back from from the the nitty-gritty of, of the survival, basically every day, the more you see kind of the the uh, the. the the themes uh, that have been part of the learning process of of walking the Camino. And the remnants of the old me are basically the consequences of commitments that the old me before the Camino made, uh, without really thinking about why he did that. Um, And I've been thinking about this this morning because of um, a video that I saw, a a Facebook Live video of, of Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, my good friend, uh, 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 known right now as the podcast answer man and for uh, some other things, but who is going through some big changes um, and making some some pretty radical choices now, in order to not just do what he's good at, but to do what he truly f- really feels called to do, uh, which might not exactly be the same. Um, and he he's been writing a book. Uh, called The Big Leap, he was talking about that in his car a few days ago, saying that, well, he was explaining, um, I went from this time in my life where I did things that I actually, you know, I I was good at, but it was totally replaceable. Other people could do it, and probably could do it even better than I did. So he gave up his first career in insurance to start a career in podcasting, and podcasting consultant. Uh, consulting, and uh, you may, if you if you know Cliff, he, he's really good at that. He has some, some a really amazing teaching talents, and also a good business sense. I mean, he's a very he's very good at uh, um, uh, making sure that this this grew from a hobby into something that can provide for his family and for himself. But now he's kind of ready to make another leap into not just the from from basically what he's very good at, and he's a good teacher and he knows everything about podcasting, to let's say the the next level, which also is kind of his, his motto for for what he does. Because his ultimate dream is not to be this podcasting consultant and telling people how to wire <laughs> their studio and their their recorders and everything for the rest of his life. What he truly aspires to is to To be a life coach, and I think that a lot of that ambition and that that talent also is already shining through in the way in which he does his podcasting business and so he was, he was kind of uh, talking about well there 's this glass ceiling there's, there are all these fears that are holding me back because I have this regular income from the podcasting business that i that I built or the consulting business that I built and if if you want to make changes in your life, you also incur risk. You have to let go of what you were very good at, and you have to embrace something that you aspire to, if you call to, but that has no guarantees and I can totally relate to that because it's something that I feel um has has been one of the perhaps the biggest pivotal changes uh, that happened during the Camino, even Though I during the Camino I wasn't really that much aware of it. But now I feel more and more how deep the, the change has been. And that's the step from the life that I was leading. Um, the things that I was doing. Uh, and many of which I love doing and I'm very good at. Uh, the work that I do in parish this is one of our trains, of course. <laughs> the... Um, uh, the work is as, as, as an assistant in a parish. Uh, I love that. I wouldn't want to miss it. Um, and then I combine that with the work in for Dutch Media and then some podcasting. And I have a lot more aspirations and I've been building up uh, Tridio as an organization. It's kind of the next phase of, of SQPN. Um, becoming a... a, a better, well, I don't know, yeah, in certain ways a better brand, um, more professional, and also capable of, of reaching larger audiences with better productions than we've been able to do um, in in the past, and uh, that has become very material in a certain way because we've been building these studios down the stairs, and they're almost finished, and I'm super proud of what we've been able to create, and I th- I'm, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that those spaces uh, downstairs will be a massive game changer for us because it will enable me to uh, enlist other people um, and, and, and have them work for, uh, for Tridio. Um, and we can do more and we can do better things than we've ever been able to do. Uh, since this was all basically an operation that I ran with other volunteers, Uh, in our spare time and basically in our own rooms and without the proper um, room to grow. And now we have room to grow. And I'm pretty sure that in a couple of years we will outgrow those rooms down the stairs and we'll have to move up to something even bigger. So uh, there, there is... But the biggest change is not the studios that we build and for me, clearer vision of where, where I want to go. But it is the, the, the moment that I realized that I was spending a lot of energy and that I was feeling and experiencing a lot of anxiety over things that I'm good at, but that are not what I truly aspire to. Um, and one of the things is, or the major thing, was this role that I've taken um, as basically the media priest in the Netherlands uh, producing these TV shows for Dutch television. And then um, very regularly, I'd be also kind of the un- un- one of the unofficial spokespeople of, for the Catholic Church and uh, would would appear on talk shows and comment on things. And both... Both of the thing, of those things are are something are, it's worth that i that I do well. I know that. but it was also getting to the point that it was taking so much energy that I didn't have energy left or time to realize the deeper aspirations to take those talents and apply them to the to the work that I wanted to do and that I feel called to do. Uh, And I I can relate to what I've been able to grasp from what what Cliff was sharing um, about what he learned from the book, uh, The Big Leap, is that often people experience a glass ceiling and they may think that that glass ceiling is just there. But instead, it's something that is inside their minds. It's a a self-imposed glass ceiling. Uh, because ultimately there's too much fear to let go of a uh, situation of certainty to embrace something that is in the future and that you feel called to, but that has also, that demands this leap, leap of faith, I would say. it's it's it, You can only discover that it works for you and that it's much better for you when you let go of the things that you're used to and that you're comfortable with. So in a certain way, success, and I'm talking not about success in terms of, you know, the kind of the <laughs> the way in which sometimes the media try to portray that as success is applause and success is being rich and I don't I couldn't care less about those things. But some, some success is to me is you know doing things well and knowing uh, that uh, that y- that you can accomplish what, what you're, what's what's asked of you. Um, that you can pull it off, that everybody's happy, that you yourself are proud of what you did. Um, you know, that's that's kind of successful. And ultimately, the deepest success is, I think, doing what you're called to do, what God is calling you to do. Um, but sometimes you can think that you've reached that point where you 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 do the things that you do, you're used to it, and it's successful to a certain degree um, and then the, the temptation is to st- to stay put to keep doing that and for the ever since I'm back from the Camino I feel that or I'm more, I'm more I am more aware that I often do things not because they are part of what I feel called ultimately called to but it's kind of—they're part of this intermediate phase. They're still uh, required for me to build a solid foundation underneath uh, the organization Tridio, and or and guarantee certain uh, certain financial stability for the organization. Um, but my heart is not in those things. Uh, the other day, I'd been compiling an episode about my Camino. And I love doing that. That was... I'm very proud of the end result, even though 25 minutes is really not enough time for, uh, to, to convey what the Camino was and, and also not to share the, the beauty of the Camino that I filmed. Um, but then in the presentation for that episode, I had to also announce the, the episode of next week. And, and that, that's, an ep- uh, that's something... Oh, it's an episode that I haven't filmed and so I'm reading these texts that are prepared by the uh the the editor um and I'm I feel while I'm doing that I feel like well this is not me I'm now I'm playing the role of the presenter I'm announcing a uh, an episode that I have not been involved in at all um and it this this is interchangeable. this is I'm just an announcer at this point, and it felt felt back like, this felt like something that I've been doing for years now, and I can do it really well. But it's not me. it's not It's while I'm doing that i'm 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 confining myself to the limitations of that particular series and why i'm doing that it's because i know that it's my job and it, it provides uh, the, uh, the the tridio with the finances so that we can build the the organization and we can do other things but the thing is if we if i keep doing so much work for third parties um, and and doing what other people require me to do and want me to do um, I barely find the energy and the time to uh, to go beyond that, to take to go to the next level, to take the big leap. And um, to make it more, even more specific, I'm producing about one TV episode every month, so that's a little more than 12 episodes per year, and that's bringing in about 60,000 euros, minus, of course, uh, the expenses. But it, it's about half of my income. Um, and with that, well, that's not true. I'm actually, I'm a priest, so I make a little less. But I have to uh, pay my my diocese because they pay for me, but I'm not working for them in certain ways. I'm only working for 20% in a parish. I know it sounds complicated, but uh, the other 80% of of what I cost in, in from day-to-day living, uh, the rent of the presbytery, and the food that I eat, etc um, it's something that I have to reimburse um, so it's 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 an important part of my income that I generate through those episodes but and but i I hear myself talking for two years now about my my dreams of doing more documentaries and and th- going tra- making more travel videos and uh, it basically using the the knowledge that I now have and the experience that I have in television making and and bringing that to a, a bigger audience, to an international, to you, who is listening now to this podcast. And I feel this dis, uh, disjointed situation where I spent my best time and my best efforts into something that is only reaching an older Dutch audience. Uh... And it is, is it successful? Yes, it is very successful. And I know my audience and they love what I do. And I get a lot of feedback, which is even more important than the number of people that watch. Um, and it, it, it touches them. And, but I'm very much aware of the fact that I'm reaching an audience because we know that, we measure that. Uh, an older audience that is still very Catholic in a certain way. They've grown up with the church um and so they appreciate what i do um but it's it's not it's not the entire audience that i feel called to reach and in the meantime i have this other big audience on youtube on facebook on twitter and the podcasting community that is still waiting for for me in a certain way because i'm 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 not uh i've i've been unable to bring the quality of work that i do for dutch television to those other audiences and i feel in a certain way that i am um i'm 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 kind of stuck in limbo i'm doing something that i know i i, I can do well but i take basically i take the work that i do for Telev- Dutch television more seriously than the work that I actually feel called to. Why? Because it's safer. I know that I, pe- other people give me deadlines and they tell me this is what you need to do and this is how you do it and this is how much you pay. we pay you for that and I'm thinking that's all good that's stability. It's something I know how to do but then the, ever since I walked the Camino I feel in the back of my mind this is not it. And if this is the only thing, then I I do a good job. But that's not what I feel called to. I don't want to just do a good job. I've I've I want to follow and pursue the 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 and it's more than a dream. It's this ideal, this goal of 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 making programs for a much larger audience, and large—not in terms of numbers necessarily—but a broader audience. I've always fe- felt, and it it's part of, of really the core of my of my vocation to the priesthood was: I want to be able to reach people that don't share um, the the treasures that I've discovered in my life, and I want to I want to give that to them. I want to share that with them. I want to reach out. To people that are not part of my natural habitat and they're not part of my church community and that may not be be Christian or whatever. But they are searching for something that I feel I have found and I want to help them. I want to help them in their journey. Um, and right now I'm preaching to the choir with my with my television work. And so while listening to Cliff, I realized that is that is that's a glass ceiling. That is a false sense of security that I've created. Um, And if I stay in this situation for too long I have to go into the grass here because there's water on the path. The grass is pretty soggy as well. It's a good thing I'm going to change my my uh, shoes before I go to the my, my mom's birthday party, because it's muddy. Um, I, it's, it's, a, it's a self-imposed glass ceiling. And I know, ever since I came back from the Camino, that I need to follow, I need to walk the road that God traces for me. The Camino is Jesus. And He calls me to leave behind what I am comfortable with and to go with him on an adventure. It's kind of what what Tolkien in his... Wow, there's even more water on the road here. Let's see if I can go on the left side without (laughs) ruining my shoes. Um, Tolkien, in in, in the way he he tells the story of the Hobbit, I think does a great job uh, translating that, uh, telling that story of a Hobbit who is very comfortable, very content with the life he lives, but then he's called to an adventure and his first reaction is resistance, is fear. He's like, I know what I have, I like what I have, I'm good at this life, I'm good at being a hobbit. And now there's this wizard at my front door who tells me that I'm good, actually I'm destined to do something much bigger. I'm, he thinks that I'm a burglar and I'm going to steal uh, <laughs> this treasure from, from, uh, from a dragon and it's just he sheer size and impossibility in, in, in Bilbo's mind of the, of the calling is holding him back, is creating this ceiling and then he makes this literally this big jump and I think Peter Jackson did a did great job showing that in a movie version where the dwarves have left. Basically Bilbo has, has taken just a few minutes to dream about this vocation about the, the potential and he listens to the dwarves sing these stories about gold and dragons and fire. And then he goes to bed and lets the occasion pass by. And when he wakes up, he th- he, for a moment he thinks that this has all been a dream. And then he realizes, I missed out on the biggest adventure of my life. I missed my calling. And then he literally jumps over the fences in the shire, running after the dwarves to catch up with that adventurous calling. That he finally embraces, without any assurance, without uh, that that is going to work, without any insurance, he doesn't even have a a, a handkerchief to blow his nose, <laughs> and so that is, I think, a a really nice metaphor of what this whole you know big leap is all about. It is about um, being faced with this next phase in your life but choosing for what you already know and what, for security instead of embracing um, this this call. So, uh. <laughs> what, I, what I've decided, and this may still be an intermediate step, I don't know, is to at least do what I do for Dutch television, to bring that quality and the amount of time that I, that I invest in that to do the same for 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 Tridio, for the bigger mission, um, so to uh, to limit myself to doing these you know these monthly episodes for TV, unless I find a, a more efficient way to produce more in less time. But anyway, to not go beyond the time expenditure. Uh, that I currently invest in in the TV episodes and then do uh, uh, to produce, to take basically Tridio just as seriously as I do the television uh, work and produce a 25-minute small documentary every month, but this time geared towards, towards the audience that I've kind of not been catering to as much as I wanted to, and to pursue the, the, the topics that are, that are really fitting me, that are not uh, um, kind of part of what people may expect. Um, the safe things, the, the things that I know I do well, but that are not part of my passion. And so, to... But this is a big... This may sound something that's very, very feasible, but I know it's going to be a game changer. Because it means I have to plan uh, these TV episodes that I make for Tridio just as well. And I basically have to budget them in the same way as I budget um, the TV episodes. And for and I know that, that is going to require me to somehow uh, generate more revenue. But I also... Because, well, I, I, I currently have enough to run the business but I won't be able to do the uh, uh, like another television show every single month but I'm, I'm also I'm thinking not just about the things that are holding me back I have to put up the umbrella again because it's rain is intensifying I'm walking through the park here the so first few leaves are turning brown and yellow and well the weather reminds me of the fact that yeah nature is switching from summer to, to autumn fortunately in Rome next week it's, the weather is going to be excellent. It's going to be sunny, uh, not too warm. It's really a perfect, per- perfect weather. Well, anyway, let's not think about Rome yet, because I'm getting stressed again <laughs> about the TV episode. Um, uh, uh, what I, what I want to focus on is, okay, well, this is the decision that I made. This is what I want to realize. This is, I know, will generate tons of energy. Uh, for the past few months, I've been trying to wrap up all the things that I committed to in the past. Um, even the the schedule of TV episodes that I'm still working on, the Rome episodes, um, even, even the SQPN pilgrimage, in a way, are commitments that I made more than a year ago. Um, but from now on, I know that I want to uh, once all those previous commitments have been cleared, I know that the way forward for me is to first put those in priority, the things that will generate where I feel that I wanted to be two years ago and that do the things that I always wanted to do, but I keep holding myself back because of the security of the glass ceiling of just doing the things that I've been doing currently. That's not the issue there is a dream at the horizon that will only be realized if I move forward and let go of things that are in the way of that dream or, or that goal. It's more than a dream. Again, the dream sounds so kind of uh, super personal, but also a bit... What is it? Why would you follow up on a dream? It's not, it can be a, a, a mirage. Um, but a goal is a dream with a deadline, as they say so this is, this is something I know I can pull off and I'm actually eager to pull off and I also know that once I start realizing those programs the, the financial part is the thing that I should not worry about at all because that will follow the work that I do it has always been the case but if you never take the next leap then you don't allow other people to join you in that progress and to get excited about it and to support you in that. So, um, I kind of feel like the, the next couple of months are going to be the months of that change. And I've already decided to um, commit myself to producing, from now on, uh, a new television episode, television quality episode, because of course it, this is new media in a certain way, or less old media than regular television, but it will be, um, it's, it's more kind of the format. It will not be just a quick vlog that I produced, um, by holding the camera for five minutes. And this is going to be something that will rival any other TV show in a certain way, perhaps even surpass it because I know that I'm good. i honestly know that I'm good at making television. It's a it's a it's a craft that I master even better than I than I do audio. Um, and that's not something to boast but it's something I just know that I'm I'm good at so why not share that with the world? Um, that means that the schedule that I'm making for the next couple of months will also, um, will have to be possible. So the things that are in the way of that, but are of lesser importance, and I can still be very good at them, I have to get rid of them. It's a big step that I made recently, uh, wait a minute, where am I going now, uh, I think I'm going to head back, because I'm, uh, now, it is the end of the park, and there here's the highway and I can go underneath the bridge and continue, but then it's going to be a very long walk, and I don't think I have the time, because I have to, you know, get ready for... to, uh, to go to my mom's birthday party. Uh, so the, uh, a big step for me was to decide that I wouldn't do any more talks, at least for the foreseeable future. Um... This is something i I started doing when my Dutch book came out, and I felt like I should go to all these parishes and talk about my experiences and teach them um, some tricks on how they too can can communicate better uh, and be part of that new evangelization that's still a, that's a very important goal, and I know that i'm I'm good at telling a story. The thing is I realize it's in the way of of my bigger dream and uh, my bigger goal, um, and if I spend my time on those talks, then I, I'll have to recover a couple of days afterwards. It's always been like that. I, you know, I'm a bit introverted, and so if I do a talk for for a big parish, uh, for for a for a, a, a large audience, mostly older people, I have to say. Um, Then I I won't be able to work for a couple of days afterwards. I'll just need time to recover. Um, That is the true price, it's not just the evening itself. The same is true for organized trips, like the SQPN pilgrimage that I do now is going to be the last pilgrimage that I accompany for the next foreseeable future. Because I know that this is going to be a good trip, but it's also energy. (laughs) <laughs> that I can't put in other things, and especially now that I have all these deadlines looming, I know that I will be completely wasted when I get back home. Or wasted, that's what you say when you you drink too much. Which is something that may happen, may or may not happen, with all the nice Italian wine and, and, and good food that, that Mountain is going to arrange for us. But no, but seriously, I'm going to be so tired, um, which could jeopardize... This goal of bringing, of, of working on the first uh, TV quality episode, right? So it's something, it's an, a commitment that I made back in the time when I felt that that was the, the, the thing to do. Um, but for the future, my goals have changed. And this would be a distraction, it would be um, um, investing my energy in, in, by, and at the same time, self sabotaging. So that's something I won't do anymore. Um, going on TV shows, um, public appearances—I get—it gets a little quieter, fortunately, because I've been um, turning down uh, so many invitations to to do um, interviews on television or be a, Catholic, a spokesperson for the Catholic Church. Um, I've uh, also decided to not do that for the next foreseeable future because that too is a massive drain of energy i'm good at it it's also necessary but again it's part of that glass ceiling it's something that is holding me back from realizing what i truly want to do and the more i started to this is why in previous episodes of the walk i've been um, comparing this to the process of decluttering that i'm going through and simplifying my life the more I start, started to remove those commitments and things that I used to do and that I felt I needed to do, for, the more I start to remove those from my life, the more energy I get, the more my mind clears up and it really feels as if the mist is is disappearing and the sun starts to break through, shine through. It's, it's true. I, I'm so much clearer I grew much more assertive since I came back. So I've been able to resist the pressure that some people put on me to do things that I, you know, that I was known for. Uh, For instance, an invitation to speak in a parish, um, where I I, after I made the decision to no longer do any talks, I still got approached from several sides to, to do talks and there was this expectation, oh you can make an exception for us and then the, I'm getting better at saying, well no I, first of all, I don't, sometimes I really don't have the time in other cases, I, I've chosen to put my energy into other other uh, uh, projects you can only spend an hour of your life in one way, you can't do two things at the same time you can only spend your energy once. So, uh, But the more I started to say no, the more I, I, I dared to be assertive. And, uh, and uh, tell. instead of letting other people tell me what to do, I would tell other people what I was going to do. And that feels really good. And it's, a, it's really a, almost a character change in a way, because I was not like that. But the reason that I can do that, and the reason that I... Uh, little doggies... Three super cute doggies that are walking in the rain here, <laughs> looking at me as if, are you going to throw something that I can run after? Um, the, uh, the, the more I find my voice, the more I, I see the immediate results. I see that my, my schedule clears up and I just... The, <laughs> the act of saying no, I will not do that is giving energy back is you, like like you get an instant boost sometimes in in video games you have that <laughs> when you do a certain task and then you you'll see this green glow of energy and you'll you'll you, all your stats are back to 100% and that that's kind of how it felt like and and that's also an important criterion um to to to, of, to decide it's 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 like this confirmation that if it gives back energy, then it's, it, it has been the right decision. Even though I, I may have been very anxious before, like I'm going to let down that person, or I'm not doing what people ex- have come to expect of me. But following that deeper call that to, to make that leap, and that big leap is made by making smaller leaps, uh, it's uh, sometimes you, you don't climb a mountain by jumping all the way to the top in one day, but every step is a step towards it. And and the more you climb, the more also you leave stuff behind. Uh, again, I'm in uh, Camino metaphor, speaking Camino metaphors right now. Um, and and it's an effort, but it also gives you energy. I've never been happier than to reach the top of a mountain, and. And the way up is tough and costs you energy. But the more you climb, the, the, more, the lighter you become in a certain way. And the effort is more and more behind you instead of ahead of you. And that's how it feels currently in, in the decision that I made. I know it's the right thing. And I also know that eventually... The work that I do, and again, I can totally relate to what Cliff was sharing in his video about kind of the apprehension of considering that in 2019 he would not be doing any podcasting consultancy anymore, and um, people were uh, emailing him uh, saying, well, but I've been saving up for this, and do do you tell me now that I can can never do this anymore? You you won't do these, these... podcasting A to Z courses anymore but 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 and then (laughs) the apprehension of leaving that behind and imagining yourself in a situation where you know you are no longer doing what you were good at but not necessarily the ultimate goal of your life that is that is uh, it's uh, it creates fear and I have to be honest I when I imagine myself in a few years not doing the television work anymore for the small Dutch audience but to to cr- really create you know you know that one of my my goals is to create a series that can be shown on Netflix and have a bigger deal um, with with uh platforms that can help me reach the bigger audience um, but that would require me to do this full time let's be honest, but to imagine uh at, that, that not far from now I'll be doing totally different work on a different scale, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. And it's, uh, it's creating a fear. And But that's, I know that the previous experiences in, uh, during the Camino have shown me that it's much worse over time to be stuck in, in being the people pleaser being the the guy who does his what he does well and pleases everyone, but is ultimately not walking his own way in life, but is walking someone else's way, that that ultimately creates frustration, discouragement, and drains you from energy. And uh, I felt it yesterday when I had to go to Amsterdam, and I was thinking full-time. I couldn't sleep because I was constantly trying to... F- manage the situation of time pressure and and the SQPN pilgrimage and having to somehow film at least one episode. But I also actually want to film everything for the Rome episode so that when I can can get back home, I can outsource the editing of the other two episodes and get on with the job that I truly want to do, which is to create... Um, I'll I'll give you very specific details on, on what I want to realize with his new decision to create a, a television episode every month for Tridio. Number one, I want to make an English version of the summary of my Camino. So it's going to be a similar episode to the one that aired in the Netherlands, this time with an English voiceover. That's low-hanging fruit. I can do that very rapidly. That can be done in, in a few uh, days even. And that would be a, f- a great production for September because we're already in September and I, I think this is something I can pull off for the month of September. Then, for the month of October, I want to start a production halfway through October of, doing, uh, of starting the, the, the Star Wars <laughs> documentary. Uh, it's also something I'm going to do in conjunction with a, a cameraman I'm not going to try to pull this off by myself. I'm going to invest the same resources that I invest in regular television shows. But this time it's going to be about Star Wars. And about faith. And about, um, well, well I'll keep it a secret what it's about. But it's going to be good. I'm really pumped to do that. And it's something I've been trying to do for so long. And every time I, I, I was held back by all the other commitments that I made. So that's that's something I'm going to start producing that in October, but that will will only be ready in November. I want that to be uh, the November production so that it leads up to the premiere of of uh, Star Wars Eight, the last Jedi. So what will be the production in October? Uh, there are two options. One was to uh, go to Scotland and to um, do a trip- but the weather in Scotland is probably worse than it is here. So that may be something that is more something uh, I could do in the, um, when springtime hits uh, Scotland. But I also have um, uh, an idea, finally, about how to show you the trip that I made to New Zealand in the footsteps of Bilbo and Frodo. And I finally, I have tons of amazing footage that you have never seen. That <laughs> I'm so proud of that. But again, it was part of this bigger project that I wanted to realize, and I got stuck in my day to day work. But now I'm thinking this is something I can pull off. I can do a production, I can do that in one month. And then there's even more. I also have this journey that I've been able to share on Dutch television, but I've not been able to share with an international audience, and that was the big journey through China looking for my roots, basically the origin of my mother's parents and their story and going to those places. But it is also a story that has affected my life in a tremendous way and that made me who I am. And it is, again, footage out of this world, literally. It is so amazing what I've been able to film there and part of it is something that mo- you know, most tourists will never see. Because we went to places where, as regular tourists, you won't come. And I've been able to film in circumstances where normally <sighs> journalists, etc., wouldn't be able to, to do that. And I've never been able to put that together. Now I know how I'm going to do that. And I can pull that off because I've been getting better at this. <laughs> so that is another production so that basically brings the total of production so it's uh the camino star wars china and uh new zealand that is four productions that is four episodes that are scheduled for the remainder of this year but it also will mean <laughs> is is being very very strict about other commitments and probably rejecting a lot of the opportunities uh for for other things so no more talks no more interviews basically this is this is what i also had to do when i was writing my book um you have to have 100 percent focus on on doing that well and if you don't, then the book never gets written. And I feel the same thing is true uh, for uh, these, these, um, these episodes of these Tridio productions. They will happen if I am very, very um, radical in, in making the leap to that, to that stage. And I know that after a while, that's going to be the new modus operandi, I also know that this is going to help uh, put Tridio on the map tremendously and it will ultimately create the foundation for me to even let go go of even more things that I currently am doing um, to go to the next level. I know that it's possible to reach audiences that are much bigger than the ones that I reach currently through Dutch TV and that's where I want to end up. But if I want to be in that situation and now is the time to make changes and I've been stuck, before the Camino I was stuck in this routine almost but now I know that I am called to walk my way to choose uh, the path that I feel God traces for me instead of following the expectations and walking someone else's Camino to walk a path that other people trace for me instead of the one that God traces for me that's basically what I wanted to share with you and what I feel now finally there's one final thing that I wanted to share with you Um, and this is I would like to uh, request your prayer if you have a little moment pray for all people in need pray for the people that are currently suffering under the horrible weather circumstances in um, in the Caribbean uh, area but also in this in in Texas and Florida and other places where the weather is is wreaking havoc but I also would like to ask your prayer for something that's personal to me and intentionally personal to me the reason that I'm going to pick up my niece and nephew uh, to bring them to my mother's birthday is that my sister is too ill to accompany them Um, and uh, I've, this has been going on for a couple of weeks, uh, but I didn't feel I could share that with you because my sister hadn't shared it uh, with, uh, the, with her friends and family yet. But now that she has, I can share that with you. Um, so you can pray perhaps for her. She has been diagnosed with um, a serious form of breast cancer, and she is currently undergoing um, uh, a chemo, and uh, there will be an operation later on. Um, my sister is four years younger than I am. This is the kind of stuff that just blows my mind. Is like, that is not... <laughs> that's not fair. It's she, she is a wonderful mother. Um, she's very important to her family. And her family is super important to her. I love her dearly. So, why is that happening to her? She's been incredibly brave. Um, she 's very strong she 's already undergone two treatments right now and it's horrible it is excruciatingly exhausting it's uh it, it, she's nauseous has tremendous headaches is super tired it is uh it's something uh uh that i hope none of us will ever have to go through. But she also, uh, I think, can, can use our prayers, and I hope that you will pray w- with me for her and for her family. That the chemo will be successful. That the uh, the cancer can be treated and can be removed, and that all will be fine. <laughs> in in, in uh, I don't know how long this is going to take. This is still this is a long-term process. The whole treatment. But it's uh, it's always a shock. You you hear about cancer so often but when it is when it hits your sister when it's so close it's it's totally different so i i want to do everything i can to help her um and one of those things that i can do is ask for a little bit of your time to say a prayer for her and for her family and of course include everyone else who is suffering from this disease um, that you may know or may not know, but pray for people in need it 's something that I think we can all reserve some time for and I also know, and my sister has told me how how important that is and how much strength it gives her to know that she 's not alone in this, and that people are praying for her, so do that and do also do that also for people in your own environment if you know someone who 's sick um, or who is undergoing treatment, just send them a, a message that you're praying for him or her. That may even sound like a cliché, but believe me, <laughs> my sister tells me that is so important, those little messages, that will give you the strength to undergo that horrible treatment and find a mental strength and also the faith uh, to, to trust in this process. And that's, um, I think, in the end, um, the most important thing is to to have that faith that somehow, no matter what happens, you're in God's hand, and He is taking care of you. Uh, But sometimes you have to be the instrument of that message, that God is taking care of you and that He will not let you go through struggles in life alone, but other people are showing His face by taking care of you and carrying you in their prayers. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening to this longer episode than I plan to do. And I hope that you will say, also say a prayer for, um, for, the, for the participants to the pilgrimage next week. Um, that, that it will be a true pilgrimage that will bring them um, uh, strength and encouragement and energy in their lives. And, uh, and that somehow... That also benefits all the people that they're connected to. And again, stay tuned. Go to tridio.com and follow the updates from Rome because I I hope to, to be able to share some of that experience with you. Enough talk. Thanks for listening. God bless.